Hey guys, welcome back to the Dental Marketer Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Arias, and in this episode, I speak with Dr. Clara Griffey. So how many new patients are you getting like a month? I'm not trying to exaggerate because this sounds ridiculous. I'm getting like 60 and it's too much for me. <laughs> you know, it's just like, if you think about it, like a new patient, that means you're pulling their insurance, you're like verifying all their stuff, you're getting their breakdowns, and then you're doing a new patient exam. And that's a big chunk on the hygiene schedule. And it's just, and then, I mean, like, like I said, I've had quite a few, I have some no-shows. So, I mean, some of those are people who schedule as a new patient and then don't. Mm. Uh, so it's like that ratio. It's like, oh my gosh, my friend did all this work for somebody and they never even came. So, um, but yeah, I would say it's maybe like 60 is an average. We dive into her past and how she got to where she is today, but we also discuss a super common problem, and that's what do they do for cancellations on Mondays? A lot of people schedule the week before, the weekend happens, and then after that, they get last-minute cancellations, right? I'm sure we all have experienced it. So she came up with a formula, a system on how to kind of overcome that. And we also discuss her previous associate jobs and how some were not her fit and why. And then she lets us know how one associate job presented her a partnership, but then she turned it down. So, so listen for that. And then she also talks about how she purchased her office in February 2020, right before the kickoff of COVID. And then she also lets us know where she bought most of her supplies and equipment, how affordable the practice was, which is, it was amazing. And, um, and why, why it was that affordable. And she's currently getting around 60 new patients a month. So she lets us know what she's doing for marketing. And she's also hired a consultant to start dropping PPO insurances. So she lets us know the details on that as well. And she's also someone who switched completely from a server, IT server and everything to cloud-based. So she discusses the whole process behind that, um, how, why she decided to do that, why she decided to go with the cloud-based uh, practice management software and so much more. And then we also discuss the biggest struggle she's been facing uh, so far since uh, she's opened up her practice. And that's a lot. So um, guys, without further delay, here is Dr. Clara Griffey. Clara, how's it going? Going okay. It's a Monday. It's a, are you more excited about Mondays or are you more like, oh, it's Monday? Oh, I think I'm usually more like, oh, it's Monday. <laughs> and once Monday's over, I'm okay. So why? Why do you feel like, is it because of the weekend so great or why? The weekend's so great. Um, I mean, we don't work on Fridays, so there's usually like several. I'm, I check our messages over the weekend, but there's usually some unresolved things that we need to address on Monday from, you know, patients who have questions on Fridays. And it's just, it's just that backup from a few days of being out. Just a little bit harder to get started. But okay. well, it's like the typical questions you normally get from the weekend where you have to address it on Monday. Oh, uh, typical. I don't think there's anything typical. I mean, it'll be, I mean, it'll be anything from a patient with an insurance question to a patient who um, is wanting to reschedule this massive treatment plan that was booked for Monday morning or somebody who waits until Friday at 4.30 to say, hey, I'm, I'm uncomfortable. Like this thing that you did on Wednesday or this thing that you did on Tuesday is hurting me right now. Things like that, I would say. How often does that happen where they have to reschedule like a massive treatment plan? Like on Monday, you're like, it was that's yeah. all we had. Yeah. I mean, like a huge getting a reschedule on like a really big treatment plan. I would say that's not as common, but we certainly have a lot of cancellations. I feel like it was really bad in like January, February. It was just like the worst cancellation spree I've ever seen. But um, in general, I mean, yeah, I feel like at least every Monday, there's at least one patient that falls off the schedule for one reason. Okay. So. What, what's y'all's protocol for that? Like, what do y'all do when that happens? Well, we're working on that. Um, right now, it's a $25 um, cancellation. If it's less than, we're switching it to 48 hours notice, but it was 24 hour notice, $25 cancellation fee. We're gonna. We're about to start implementing like a fifty percent deposit on their um, out of pocket mm -hmm. expense, and then it's gonna be like a hundred dollar fee for 
cancellations on my side. And then it's going to be $25 for hygiene side. So. Got you. Have you guys implemented that already or no? That, the $25 thing we've been implementing for a while, but the, the deposit and the $100 fee is like about to start. So we'll hmm. see. Have you noticed people are like happy about it or they're more like, oh my gosh, you're charging me $25. I'm never coming back or something. Most of them are just like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. And then we just collect it the next time they're in. We've started adding that to our text confirmations. And so um, basically saying we require, at the time it was 24-hour notice for any last-minute cancellations. Otherwise, you may be subject to a $25 cancellation fee. And we had one patient who just like went off on it. And she was confirmed. Like she was coming. She's never not come to an appointment. But she's an older patient and she just like went off on us and just started like texting like $25 that's ridiculous like I want all my records give me my honor sheets I need to go find somewhere else and then she ended up like she called the next day and apologized just like I'm so sorry I just I'm going through things so oh. that's the only honestly bad reaction that we've gotten so yeah because I hear that there's like that debate where it's like oh you should you charge should you not you know what I mean I mean I used to not for the first, I guess I'm in, I'm like just at the two year mark of owning and I didn't for the first year and a half. And I mean, some of that in the middle of COVID, you're just like, well, half the patients are going to call and say, oh, I've got an exposure. Or, oh, I've got hmm. symptoms or something. So I wasn't charging then, but it's gotten to the point where it was just like, man, I mean, my hygiene schedule would just be completely empty. And now that COVID is not as much of an excuse necessarily, it's kind of a little bit easier to be like, all right, I feel a little bit more confident that like it's not as prevalent right now. You probably are just like I've had some admit they're just like, it's too early. We have one patient who didn't who didn't show up and we called them. We called them 10 minutes past their appointment time. And he answered and he was like, it's too early. and It's too cold. And we were just we said, well, we have like a twenty five dollar cancellation fee and he was like that's fine just put it on my bill and he just didn't come and paid us next time so mm. but that was a patient that was a patient who was on my schedule and I think we did have quite a bit that we were supposed to be doing that morning so so I'm like okay well maybe if we had said it's a hundred dollars we'll you know get over here you live five minutes away um maybe that would have gotten him out of bed but yeah yeah I like that uh having different um charging different for different like, you know, what I mean, hygiene and doctor, yeah. uh, it, it, it might make an urgency. But we jumped into it so immediately. I want to ask begin, a little bit, rewind a little bit. Like, tell me a little bit about your past, your present. How'd you get to where you are today? Well, um, OK, so I didn't know I wanted to be, wanted to be a dentist until I was out of school, um, out of college. And I didn't know what I wanted to do even in college because I got two degrees. I got a bachelor's of fine arts in studio art and I got a bachelor's of science in biochemistry. And then I worked in biochemistry research. And then when I was doing that, I think I went, I went to a dentist and she had artwork on the wall and she was like, dentistry is art and science combined. Like it's a really good mix of it. And so that was kind of the first time I realized that and started considering it. And so went to dental school and moved back home, my hometown um, in Waco and started an associate job when I was moving here met an older dentist who was playing on retiring and purchased his office February 27th, 2020. So right before. I mean, right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And in dental, I will say a little, another little tidbit about me. I started dental school with a 14 month old and I had my second child during D2. So that's a little fun fact. But. Okay. So rewind a little bit. That was the pivoting point where the doctor was like, oh, it's art and science combined together you're like oh my gosh I'm gonna do it now or yeah. was it more like something else of a push uh, well um that was the first time that kind of like planted the seed then after that I actually there was a like a few months delay and the light bulb going off because that happened and then my husband he's an engineer and he had a job opportunity in Italy and so I quit my job and we went there for several months and I was just kind of sitting there I mean, enjoying it, but yeah. like, well, what am I going to do when we go back home? Like, I don't, I don't want to go back to the career path that I was on and I've got all this time to think about it. And so that's kind of when, that's when the light bulb went off. 
after that initial little conversation I had with her. But that definitely planted the seed. Um, just her being, you know, saying, oh, you like science? Oh, you like art? Hey, dentistry is kind of both of those things. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Dude, I would have lived it up in Italy. Like, just stay there. Can you just do this? I mean, it was great. But my husband had to work. So during the week, we couldn't just, like, do anything. He went to work, and I, I sat around. I walked around. I painted. I read. I researched jobs and all kinds of good good soul-searching. Yeah, that's nice, though. Like, it's it's okay. what part of Italy, if you don't mind me asking? We were in Milan. So I don't know, but it, it sounds nice. You know? it is, it's nice. I actually, I stud- when I was doing my art degree, I studied abroad in Italy in Florence. And that's mm-hmm. definitely a better, in my opinion, a better part to spend a long period of time in. But Milan was nice. Um, it's just a little bit more industrial, commercial. It's got some really great things, but it was, you know, it, it's not as quaint as some of the things that you think about when you think about Italy. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. And then you fast forward. You took an associate job. So right now you're in Texas then, right? Yep. Okay. So you're in Waco, Texas. You took your associate job there. Mm -hmm. What from there were you like, or have you always had the idea to be like, I'm going to own my own practice or does something kind of stem from there? Yeah, I think I always, I always kind of wanted to own my own practice and I didn't necessarily, I was open to partnering and the job that I took, it was presented in a way where partnering in would be a possibility. I was there long enough to just, I mean, there's nothing wrong with the practice or with the dentist that was there, but I just knew that I didn't want to marry that, if it makes sense. So I I just kind of wanted to do my own thing my own way. How did you know? How how did they present it in a way that there was going to be a partnership? And then how did you know you're like, for real, like what was there in you where you're like, this ain't, no. Yeah. Well, okay. So the way I was connected with this, so I was in, I went to dental school in Dallas and my group leader, fourth year dental school instructor, he was in the same class as this dentist in Waco. And he knew my, my instructor knew I was from Waco and that I was looking to move back to Waco. And so the practice owner had reached out to him saying he was looking for an associate. There was potential to buy in. Um, and the way he, and so once I met him and we talked about it, the way he described it, he always acted like, hey, I want you to buy in and then we'll have another person buy in and another person buy in and then we'll just keep splitting the pie. Um, and it didn't, I don't know, it just didn't seem, it didn't seem like the direction I would want to go and kind of red flag, not red flag. I mean, I was not opposed to it, but his son was um, wanting to go to dental school applying to college and stuff. And so I was like, honestly, I feel like I'm here growing the practice potentially, but also just filling in until your son graduates. And then like, who, I mean, where are you going to be more loyal to him? Obviously, like I would be too. So um, that was, I don't know, it just didn't, it just didn't. And some of the decisions he made, even after, like I would give my opinion on something mm-hmm. and he would do not what I thought would be the right thing to do. I, was, I just kind of felt like, okay, I mean, like you're telling me that you want me to partner in and like have, you know, some sort of ownership here, but it doesn't feel like even if I on paper got that, I don't know if in reality, like in real life, it would manifest itself that way. In the past, has anything like that happened where you're like, oh, this is on paper. And then they were like, I don't care what it says on paper. I don't know. I don't think so. Because to be honest, I feel like a lot of things that I've done in life not been on paper, you know? I guess yeah. I've been done on paper. So I can't say I've done something that was clearly defined that it should have been one way and then it ended up going the other way. Or it ended up conflicting with what it was supposed to be. Yeah. But, no, I get you. Like that's that's cutting too much of a piece of the pie where you're like, okay, when is it gonna stop? And then at the same time, like it is true. It did feel I can understand how you would feel like a bookmark almost to be like, okay. He's coming yeah. in now. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then he's going to yeah. like understand. and Right. And I don't like, I'm not, I'm not here or I wasn't there to try to just have a lot of power, have a lot of clout in the game. But I also felt like if you're telling me that you want me to have ownership and like be a part of this, I mean, he would just make really strange, bizarre decisions after we had spoken about doing something completely different. 
and just, I don't know, some apparently some weird practices within the practice that I don't think that I would want my license to be tied to either. So, I mean, it was just, yeah, it was just, it wasn't a good fit, but as a new grad, it seemed like a really great opportunity. I don't have any ill will towards him or his practice. It just wasn't like the right, yeah, right fit for me. Wasn't so. a good fit. What were some things that you learned in that practice where you're like, oh, snap, I, 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 I do want to take this to my practice. Like, this is kind of nice. Yeah. So the hygienists were all really nice. I will say they're, um, the hygienists were really great in that they um, spoke with patients about things that they were possibly seeing on x-rays or like possibly seeing some grinding or things like that. They would kind of like talk up some things that the doctor might be talking about. Obviously not like diagnosing, but kind of just preemptively bringing things up that they're seeing. And so that way the patient was pretty well prepared for conversations that we might be having. So that was really good. Yeah, I like that a lot. Okay, so then <laughs> we fast forward more. You purchased an office. Why did you purchase this specific office? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, <laughs> so let me just let me just describe this office to you. So I found it because I got a message from somebody on LinkedIn from a company called For Sale by Dentist. I don't know. Have you ever heard of it? Never. The four, like the number four, com. It's a really cute concept, actually. But um, anyway, so I guess you pay a flat fee, like $500 or something to list your practice. And that would be so like, Dr. Luter is the name of the, the dentist I bought the practice from. And that is so Dr. Luter to do that. And so he paid a fee to list his practice. And then I guess people will just, you know, employees of the website will just send out like message, like look for dentists to just send it to me like, hey, we have a practice for sale. Look at our website. Here it is. And so I found it that way. And it's actually on it, the cross street that it's on is the same cross street that I grew up on. Um, so it's, I mean, it's quite a few blocks away, but it is, you know, it's within sort of my neighborhood. So I thought that was cute. But I, this practice, um, he lived in it. So he had his dental practice, but then he had a trailer in the back that he, I don't know if he slept there. There was an operatory that he also turned into a bedroom. And so the bed took up the whole operatory and he put his clothes in the drawers and there was a little TV in there, but then he also had his trailer, which had a little kitchenette and he turned the dark room into a shower and he was still doing film x-rays, paper charts, so he had an old dark room that he turned into a shower, but then he had one of those fancy new machines where you can dip the dip the x-rays in yeah. and all of them. So that was kind of the situation that I walked in on. And then um, there were just walls of shelves of charts. And did you ever ask, did you ever ask why he was living in his practice? Well, so this man, I think had been divorced a couple times, but. He had a little weekend house in um, like an hour or so away by a lake. And I think, you know, he worked Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, half the day, Thursday. And then he would drive out to his lake house. And so I think he felt like that lake house was more his home. And then he was in town to work for a few days. And so he didn't, I guess he just didn't feel the need to have another residence when he had all that space in the back to put a bed so yeah i get well how far was the lake house from his it was like an hour hour and a half i think uh, yeah. yeah i can i can get it That's so it. i mean and just like knowing him because i've i mean i got to know him pretty well and i've gotten to know him more as i've had the practice and just continued to communicate with him that's just like that's just a looter thing to do and a lot of his patients knew that he lived back there. I mean, we had um, the front desk who was working for him at the time. She she was like, yeah, I mean, we'll have a patient. The patient will come in and we'll get the patient ready. And then, then Luter will come out like with his scrambly hair, just like waking up, smoking. I mean, he smoked like everybody knew he smoked. He would smell like cigarettes. Smoke. Just come in and be like, hey, good morning. How's it going? So um it's just, I mean, so I will say I inherited like a very tolerant, kind patient base. Um, I mean, everybody's 
everybody that has come from his patient base, really cool people. I mean, you have to be when your dentist just walks through the hallway, kind of like just after finishing a cigarette with his hair all bedraggled and just being like, good morning, I just woke up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that was, that was, so why, your question was, why did I buy that practice? And my answer was, I don't know. And I guess I saw it as a challenge. I really like to, my husband and I have bought like several houses that we've flipped and, you know, like just made, taken something old and made it new and nice. And it just seemed like a cute little project at the time. And I really liked him and I liked that it was on my street. And to be honest, at the time, I was very much done with my, like I was, I was looking for a way out of that associate job. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one just kind of, this kind of happened into my lap at the time that I was really, really ready to get out. So I think that was just kind of, that's kind of how it happened. Gotcha. Did you take a loan out for this purchase or no? Not a bank loan because I couldn't get a bank loan on it because they had no, he had no like good records, like financially. It was very much so I got it for a very, like a really low price. Um, I basically bought the building. So I, yeah, I had family, like a family loan. So. Could I ask, like, like, give me like a range, like, um... I'll tell you, um, the total price with the building, the charts, everything was 150000 Oh my gosh, really? Wow. How many ops? He was actually using two, but there were four plums. One of, he was living in one and then the other one was just not being used. So, but we got, and so I will say, yes, the price to get that practice was 150000 but I spent a lot more turning those ops into like usable spaces and updating and going from paper to computers and, you know, x-ray equipment and like, you know, going from dipping the films into digital. So, I mean, it was a, it was a low cost initial investment, but it has been a high cost Mm. ongoing maintenance and everything like that and and improving it and stuff like that. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So that's interesting. And um, the charts in total, Actually, let me ask you this. Like, did all the patients and employees stay? How was that? How was that transition? So patients I that I'm aware of, I think I've only lost one patient. And that patient I lost after I, I wouldn't say let go, but kind of asked the front desk lady to move on. Um, there was one lady at the front and one assistant in the back. And the assistant, she was really sweet. But she had done her externship with this dentist and then immediately started working for him. So this was the only office she had ever worked at. Um, Super sweet, willing to learn. But she didn't even know what a saliva ejector was. Like he didn't have saliva ejectors. So, I mean, it was like she was so limited in what she knew how to do. But she was easy to train. Like I really liked her. She was great. And then after... Her parent, like her whole family, because she was from our area, but her whole family, her brother and sister were going to school in Dallas. Her parents were moving that way too. And so she ended up moving. Then she stopped working for me. And so, and then meanwhile, I was growing, like I was adding, like I needed a second assistant. So she was there for some overlap. So I went from having those two staff to having another assistant plus another front desk. And then it became fairly apparent that the other, the front desk woman who was originally there was not necessarily going to be a good fit. She, she couldn't figure out how to use the, like she couldn't transition to the digital stuff and just patient communication was a little bit wonky. So anyway, so she was there for, she was there for about eight months. And then I, I didn't, I didn't ask her to leave, but I said, I need to reduce your hours. And so I was just in my mind, I was saying, okay, I want to still like provide you with a space to be here if that's what you want to do. But you're not, you're not getting enough work done to justify like however many hours a week that you're working here. So, um, and then she kind of, she kind of took that as, okay, maybe it's my time to exit. So. Like in a positive way or in a. We're on good terms. Like okay. I, still live, I have still spoken with her um, and like stayed in touch with her and texted her on holidays and stuff like that. So. I mean, it was on, like, it was sad. Like, she was sad, and I could tell, like, it was a, like, I was, I was worried about it, and I was sad for her, but it was, it was okay. Like, no, yeah, I get you. I, so, how did that go, the conversation for that, where you're like, oh, we're going to reduce your hours, somebody else is going to come in, 
kind of do exactly what you're doing, but better. So, well, I actually, I had a fairly good excuse. I think she saw through it, but um, this was, so this was like October, 2020. And my husband, he was working for a company out in California and they were not doing so well. And so they were cutting all their people. And so he, he was cut. And so I was like, well, while you're figuring out your stuff, maybe you can come work in the office and like, you know, so some admin stuff. And so I told her, I said, Hey, um, Matt was laid off from his job. He's not doing anything else. I don't know that I can afford to pay you. You're like for the full hours that you are supposed to be working here. I need to reduce your hours and he's going to come in and he's going to be doing admin stuff. Is basically what I said. Mm-hmm. I think she saw through it and I think she knew that's not really like the full, that wasn't like the full picture, but it was enough. It was enough to make it like a, an easier pill to swallow, I think. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good reason. I mean, it was happening too. Like, you know what I mean? It is happening. I mean, he did get a job within like a week or two, but it was still, it was like, well, <laughs> you know, yeah. plan for whatever, whatever happened. So were, were you guys living in California? You guys were living in California? No, so we're, we've been in Texas, but he, he's an engineer. He's a biomedical device engineer. And he was working for a company based out of LA. And he was, before the pandemic hit, he was flying there every other week. So he would be there for a week and then home for a week. And so, and then when the pandemic happened, he was working from home, like the full, full time. And then that company, he always jokes that that company was like another Theranos or something like he's the fake company. He liked it all. Yeah. And so he was, I mean, he honestly, he, we were both impressed and shocked that he was still getting paid for, I mean, he was working, but that, that they were still surviving and like pretending to be a real company for the months that they did. So we're not pretending to be a real company. They apparently, they're still around, but it was, it was just a weird, it, they were a weird startup when he started working for them and they were not a very old company when the pandemic hit. So yeah. Plus you wonder like, what do they do and stuff? Man, that's a, that's a yeah. lot. Uh, I, I mean, I think that's kind of like a lot clearer. Like uh, if you think about it, you know, cause you have what? Two children, right? Mm-hmm. Your startup, middle pandemic or before the pandemic was hitting, you know what I mean? Like every other and doing. Oh a- yeah. No, I mean, it's just been, it's been a lot. And then I bought my office, like I said, February 27th, but the cutoff for any of like the PPP loans or EIDL or any of that, February 15th. So I got my office too late to qualify for any of those relief packages. <laughs> so how did that, how did, so, how did you do it then? I don't know. I, I, I guess I will say I'm fortunate that the pandemic happened fairly early in owning that office because at the time I had not yet spent that much. I mean, I, I had that one like pretty low mm. expenditure to buy it, but I hadn't started investing. Like now I have a CEREC, I have an ITRO, I have a CBCT. You know, I've done like a lot of, made a lot of other big purchases. But at the time, I didn't have all of that overhead on my shoulders. I mean, what we did, and I didn't know I was, I was a dumb new business owner. I didn't, I did not put either of my employees on unemployment. So I had them coming in and I was paying them full time to come and like scan charts or clean or like we painted, like I just paid them to come and we painted the walls because, and I will say like, even in retrospect, if I had known that I could have put them on unemployment. I don't know if I would have because I was also worried at the time I was trying to keep that goodwill. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, I just, like, I just got here and I don't know anything about this place. Leader's not telling me anything. Like, I don't know anything. And so I need y'all, like, I need y'all here. And so I was willing to just pay them to come. And like, I learned a lot of things about the building and about the practice and about the patients and everything, just kind of sitting, sitting with them and, doing stuff so yeah like I think it was still worth it yeah Um, I think like looking back like you're like oh maybe money wise it wasn't uh the you know what I mean like trying to say (laughs) but like as far as building team rapport and and relationships and stuff it it blossomed yeah Yeah. oh for sure it was good I think that that part was fine um yeah I don't regret that it was just it was just a weird just weird timing the whole thing was just weird and yeah yeah. Oh, yeah. That was good. So then right now, how many employees do you have? I've got two assistants. I've got a hygienist. I've got two front desk folks. And then I have kind of an office manager 
So that's like one, two, three, four, five, like maybe six. Oh, yeah, six. full time. There, uh, maybe another part. Those are all full time, and then maybe I, I might be getting a part time hygienist. Just trying to figure that out. I'm trying to figure out if I'm dropping insurances or if I'm like adding people. Oh, why? So. I, I don't know. I mean, like, I was gonna say drop, drop them, but I mean, like, what? What's what's your debate? I would, I, I would rather drop them. I still think I need a part time hygienist. Well, I have a pretty good relationship with a few like temp part time hygienists in town, and so for some of the backup, I think I'm just like I have one who will just come for a few days. Like, she'll just be like, "Hey, I can come like the fifteenth, the eighteenth, and the twentieth," and so we'll just have her come those days and just kind of help with some of our backlog of getting some hygiene patients in. But yeah, I'm starting to, I, I hired a consultant to um, help me figure out like what insurances to drop and stuff. So I'm kind of starting that process. Who'd you, who'd you hire? They're called practice quotient. Practice They're not quotient? a small loan. Yeah. yeah I uh, them. Through a, another dentist in town. And they're, I mean, and he, I respect him a ton and his office has done really, really well. Um, and so he said that he had used them and I was like, okay, well, reach out to them. I haven't actually started, it's taken like months of analysis and like reports and stuff. And then they've like been trying to negotiate other like umbrella fee guides and all of these things that I don't understand. So I'm about to start like dropping things that I haven't yet. Yeah. It's it. A- I know it's a process. I don't know how long it is. You know what I mean? But I mean, like it's it. Yeah. It does take uh, some time. Yeah. So I don't know. But really quick, I wanted to ask you. So it sounds like you're kind of getting a lot. So how many new patients are you getting like a month? I'm not trying to exaggerate because this sounds ridiculous. I'm getting like 60 and it's too much for me. (laughs) You know, just like if you think about it, like a new patient, that means you're pulling their insurance, you're like verifying all their stuff, you're getting their breakdowns, and then you're doing a new patient exam. And that's a big chunk on the hygiene schedule. And it's just, and then I mean, like, like I said, I've had quite a few, I have some no shows. So I mean, some of those are people who schedule as a new patient and then don't. Mm. So it's like that ratio. It's like, oh my gosh, my friend did all this work for somebody. And they never even came. So um, but yeah, I would say it's maybe like 60 is an average. Uh, that's really good. Uh, really, that's that's fan- what, what are you doing for marketing? I say nothing. It's not nothing, but it's nothing like super tangible. <laughs> um, so I do, I do our social media. Like I do Instagram, and have that linked to Facebook. So it's basically the same post on both platforms. But I'll do some social media posts, and every now and then I'll boost one. And so I guess I, I get some patients from that. I think, and then I have the benefit of being from here so kind of just some hometown route has brought people in and then also just going like trying to be involved with my kids schools and getting to know families there and just you know trying to kind of plug in in different ways and I'm part of a community orchestra so I just like I'm just trying to kind of go do different things and get to know people and just kind of let them know I'm a dentist so that's kind of been it I haven't done I mean, I made my own website on Wix. I don't do any SEO stuff. I don't really have, like, I have a sign in front of the building, but it's kind of still covered by clients. It's like, it's his old sign, and then I just changed the name. Yeah. Uh, not lit up or anything like that. Um, so, yeah, I think it's been, and I mean, I hate to say it, it's probably a lot of my new patients just beca- are because I'm in network with so many so many things so that's part of the and I wouldn't say I mean it's not a bad strategy to be in network with a ton of plans and then as you build that reputation and establish yourself in the community then you can drop them and you still have some of that word of mouth and some of that patients aren't necessarily they're not going to come to you because of their insurance but they might come to you because they talk to a friend yeah yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, do you get a lot of uh, word of mouth? Like people, do, does your front office ask like, hey, how'd you hear from us or no? Or how'd you hear about No, it? they don't. They don't ask that. But a lot of my my patients will say, hey, I referred my friend so-and-so here. Like, have they come yet? I'm like, well, I can't tell you because of HIPAA, but thanks for your, <laughs> thanks for your oh, great. Um, Or I'll get like, um, I mean, last week, 
I, and I'll have like several like super referrers, like some people who will just like, uh, for whatever reason, they're just like, well, I just love this office and I'm going to go tell everybody. And so I have one who's actually here today with her son. And um, I have a, I have a puppy that's going to be a therapy dog for the office. So she makes visits to the office and that, I mean, she posted about it and like, our, she already has like people commenting like, oh, what dentist is this? Like, we want to come. But she referred several people who came last week and she sent me a message like, oh, my friend so-and-so and my friend so-and-so, they're going to be coming and seeing you this week. They're so excited to meet you. So it's just, yeah, I get, but we don't ask. We should, but we don't. But usually the ones that do refer will tell us like, hey, yeah, people we, your way. So. I sent somebody your way, yeah. That's cool. Orcus, community orchestra? Yeah. So like, you sing? No. Oh. <laughs> um, I play cello. So, oh, wait, choir, choir, and work. I don't know why. It's, right. Yeah. It's no, you're good. Um, yeah. yeah, I play cello. And yeah, I don't know. It was something I saw on Nextdoor. I guess maybe that's another thing. Like, I'm kind of active on Nextdoor. And if you look at people's Nextdoor profile, it'll say, like, you know, they're a dent. It says what they do and where they work and stuff. So, um, anyway, but I, yeah, I saw it's actually, yeah, I got some patients because of that, because I was talking about the community orchestra. And I know some of them came because of that so the next door app or the yeah cool okay awesome awesome so the, one of the one of the kind of like the final questions i wanted to ask you is like what is some things you had to switch out and put in differently because i know you're going digital right or you're going more obviously it's not the same as before mm-hmm. so what are some things i know you mentioned cbct mm-hmm. yeah so um well i mean Every, I mean, everything, think of it like a shell startup. So I got, got computers and I got sensors. I decided to go cloud-based because starting from, well, for one thing, I didn't have a very high, but like a, I didn't have much of a budget to get like a server and it, like, I didn't have like upfront, I couldn't bear those upfront costs. So I was like, okay, I can do cloud-based because I'm going to be paying monthly and I don't have to do much setup like I don't I still don't have an IT person like I just plug in the computer and hook it up to wi-fi and you're basically good. I mean we've done like I've learned more about like security like we have like this weird I don't understand if my yeah I get you yeah but yeah so I did um cloud-based software I started with one and then I switched to another so scanning, scanning paper charts into that, doing, doing my cone beam. He didn't have a pano or anything. I actually started with, I started with a pano that I got from dental garage sale and then quickly was like, this is not, not going to be acceptable. So then I decided to go ahead and just get the cone beam because I do place implants and I was already placing them before I got, before I took my office over. So did that. Um, my ch- like honestly, most almost all of my equipment was from like the dental garage sale um, Facebook group. Like my chairs, um, my sensors, my original hand pieces. So then I switched to electric. Dental okay. garage Facebook group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you not know about this? Uh-huh. It's called dental garage sale. Um, uh-huh. and just get yeah, so you can get used dental equipment and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Huh. That's it. Is it the one that uh, Glenvoe yes. owns, I think I want to say? Okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. I, I've heard of that one. Really quick, rewind a little bit. Switch yeah. cloud-based practice management software. Yeah. What did you have before? I started with Curd, mm-hmm. and then I switched to CareStock. Why? Why, why, was the, why did that happen? There were a few reasons. Um, with Curve, one, one problem with Curve was that their... Um, they had like a native x-ray software that you could use. I mean, you can bridge, but you can also use their x-ray software. And I felt like the quality was just, I just could never get a good read on anything. I was just like, I don't know if that's decay or burnout or it was just never, was never clear enough. And so, and if I had loved the software enough, I would have worked around that. But I just, I had enough, there were enough other, other problems. It's like you had to click like, like if you clicked something and then made a change, if you didn't click again, it would lose the change. And just my staff were always complaining about it. I actually had a hygienist. I had hired her and she was going to be, she was going to be full-time, but she was going to be there part-time. And she got so stressed out with it that she quit. And she was like, I really like you. I like your office. I cannot handle the software. Give me a call when you switch. 
<laughs> or like, if you ever switch, like, let me know, I might come back, but I cannot, I can't work with this. And so, I mean, and Kurt has made, from what I can tell, I think they've made some changes. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't a terrible software and some people are happy with it, but I, as my, it was my first software. And so I, that I've had as an owner and with all of my staff telling me like, we don't like it, we don't like it. Like we want something else. Like, okay, I hear you. Like if y'all are really not, like if this is impacting your like well-being as the happy employee, like let's figure something else about. Oh, also I didn't like the notes. You had to drag and drop stuff and there was just too much. Like it wasn't like an easy, cause I had used Open Diddle and I had a couple other like part-time little like weekend corporate associate jobs too. Mm-hmm. And so I had used Open Diddle and I liked their little click thing that you could do with the notes. And so um, Curve didn't have that. Gotcha. And so you went with CareStack, why? Well, I wanted to stay cloud-based. I didn't want to, after everything I had done to kind of like set myself up to be cloud-based, I didn't want to go backwards and go to a server. So I was like, okay, if I switch, I'm switching to something else cloud-based. And um, I mean, I had heard a lot of Heard a lot of good things or write a lot of good things about CareStack. And so did a demo and yeah, I mean, it just, it answered a lot of questions and problems that we had had with the other one. And it, I mean, it integrates with Mango, which we already had, we had Mango. So it had like the texting features, which Curve, I mean, I, honestly, I can't really speak to the the current features that Curve has now because it's been a while since I've used it, but I think at the time, if it had texting, it was really hard to make it work or like, you couldn't do an automated, like you couldn't automate stuff. Um, and so CareStack had a lot more of the, just some of those third-party functionalities that some of the other um, software has been able to work with. So, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. So what, give us some advice. What are some things people should prepare for when looking to switch from non-cloud-based to cloud-based? One thing... If you're using non-cloud-based and then you go to cloud-based, um, one thing that you do have to get used to is remember that it's a website. So like something that gets, if somebody is working on the same chart or doing something to a patient at the same time you are, unless you reload, you're not going to see what they've done. Like it's just, there's just some weird things like they have to click and reload and do that. That's anything like with any cloud-based. I mean, it's a, you are dependent on your internet. So you have to get a really strong, robust plan, which we did. And I mean, ours is fine. Occasionally, like maybe one time during patient care has our um, software been unavailable because like of an unplanned maintenance event or something happening within the system. Mm-hmm. But that's been pretty rare. I will say... It has happened sometimes like late at night, like I'm trying to work on it at midnight or something and they have, they have their like planned maintenance. So that's something, but I mean, overall it's been great because you can work on it from anywhere. Like I can be working on an airplane. I can like, you know, buy my Wi-Fi and just get work done, work on notes. Hey guys. So really quick, you heard it here. Uh, CareStack is a complete dental practice management cloud software. I'm proud to say that they're one of the sponsors for this episode. So that means if you're interested, listen up because you're going to get an exclusive deal with CareStack. And if you've ever been interested in trying them out, uh, you get a 10 day free trial. CareStack, guys, it helps you bring your practice management software everywhere with you. You don't have to go to the office, detect your schedule, make adjustments, look up data. No, this can be all in the palm of your hand. I know when we were trying to schedule this episode with Clara, uh, she would just be like, let me just check really quick on my schedule. And then she would let me know her availability. So that th- I thought that was amazing. That was awesome. One doctor, Dr. Haranchal Baines, the CEO of Element Dental says, CareStack has become our super RCM specialist. After switching to the cloud-based software, we have seen 30% increase in collections without even having to add a single person to the team. So guys, you're going to get a total visibility into the financial performance while enabling your billing team to collect more faster with less administrative work. So that's fantastic. There's so much CareStack can do. If you want to go in the show notes below and check it out, I can keep talking about how great CareStack is, but see it for yourself. They're giving all our listeners a free 10 day trial. 
just go to lp.carestack.org forward slash dental marketer. Again, that's lp.carestack.org forward slash the dental marketer. Or you can just go in the show notes below and it's going to be the first link in the show notes below and get a free 10 day trial. And if you decide to go with Carestack, they will successfully convert and migrate all of your data uh, from whatever existing practice management software you have all the way to Carestack. And on top of that, guys, once you decide to go with them, they're going to give you 10% off your annual subscription plus 50% off your setup fee. So make sure you use the link below. All right, let's get back to the episode. Okay, so then one of the final questions I want to ask you is like, throughout this process, from the moment, I guess, from the moment you decided to buy the practice, right, to take over it till today, what's been some of your biggest struggles or fails or pitfalls? Um, biggest struggles, I think, has been learning to deal with insurance, deal with claims, deal with staff deal with staff interactions, conflict resolution. Yes, those are my, I mean, my two, my two big areas of stress or not stress, but just like where a lot of my emotions have gone have been, yeah, dealing with staff, finding the right staff, um, retaining those staff, training them. And then, yeah, just insurance. Nobody likes it. It's, I mean, everybody knows kind of all the reasons why it's been or why it would be frustrating um but yeah that's just been probably my other big how has all of this affected like your personal life I mean you know it's it's hard to give like it's hard to separate taking over an office with dealing with a pandemic because I mean they happened like so right at the same time so it's like yeah I mean I've been really stressed and broke for a couple of years but it's also just like well how much of that how much of that stress what I have been experiencing, even if I haven't just purchased an office, like, I don't know, I think they've just kind of com- compounded each other. But I definitely know that I wanted to own an office so that I could have like, I could make my own schedule and like, have a better work life ba- balance. And that has been like, further from the truth. It's just like, I'm never not working. <laughs> like, yeah. it's just, it's like, I'm at work, I take patients, and then I come home. And I spend some, you know, I do family time, but then my kids go to sleep and I'm just like, ah, I've got all these other things that I need to do related to my office that are not necessarily like clinically relevant, but just business relevant. So haven't quite got that work-life balance thing figured out, but that's, that's the hope. Do you, sometimes have you thought about it where you're like, oh man, I remember when I used to get a paycheck and I just go home and then that was it. And Yes. Every day. <laughs> 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 every day we're actually we're like every friday just like <laughs> man <laughs> we're like and just at the end of the year i just get like a w-2 in the mail and it's like ah, that's what i mean and like i don't have to figure out like all the other junk between like oh money that i've put into the office or like money i've had to take out or all that other stuff um yeah yeah it happens i mean I, it, it's it's going through seasons right like right now yeah. you're gonna have to Hit it hard. And then eventually, you know what I mean? I mean, you're doing fantastic. Claire. You're doing fantastic. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, like, it'll be worth it. I'm still glad that I've, that I've done it and that I'm doing it. And yeah, like the work-life balance, I haven't figured that out. But at the same time, it's like, if I want to close my office because I want to go do something at my kid's school, I can. And I have. I've done that. So, um, or like, you know, I'll block things off and just be like, nope, not today. Like, I've got other, you know, something else I want to do. But y'all can... There's plenty of things that y'all can do admin-wise at the office, but I'm I'm out. It's got its benefits. I think I just need to remember to take advantage of that more and just be yeah. like, okay, like, look, I have earned this. Like, I have put in all the hard work. And if I need to take advantage of the fact that I'm an owner and I can make my own schedule when I want to, then I need to do that more and not be, like, such a slave to, you know, what I feel like I have to be doing to, like, keep up with it. Yeah, no, I get you. Awesome, Clara. Thank you so much for being with us. It was a pleasure. But before we say goodbye, can you tell our listeners where they can find you if they have any questions or anything like that? Oh, yeah. Um, well, you can find me. You can email me. My email is clara.griffey.dds at gmail.com. Um, I'm, I'm on Facebook. Clara Griffey. Clara Dutton Griffey, I guess, would be my full name on there. Um, and my office is called Keep Smiling Waco. So you can always look up Look up what we've got going on over there. Just got, like I said, we got our little therapy puppy. So you can follow along as she's growing into her job. So what kind of puppy is it? She's a standard poodle. So 
Oh, she's so precious. Yeah, she's just so fluffy and she doesn't shed. So that was kind of another like for patients that are worried about that. So, yeah, like allergies yeah. or anything. Awesome, Claire. Thank you so much for being with us. Guys, if you want, go in the show notes below and reach out to Claire. And Claire, thank you for being with us. It was a pleasure and we'll hear from you soon. Thanks for having me. Thank you guys as always so much for tuning into that episode. If you can do me a favor, if you haven't yet, if you're a listener and you haven't yet, make sure you leave a review on iTunes. It helps me out a ton and it lets me know how we're doing. It lets the team know how we're doing as well over here in the Dental Marketer uh, headquarters. <laughs> so we really, really appreciate that. If you could, right after this episode or right now, if you want to press pause, just go leave me uh, a review on iTunes. It would help us out so much. But Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode as always. And then at the same time, Clara, thank you so much for being available, for allowing us to be nosy and dig deeper into your practice. Really, really awesome points, guys. If you want, go ahead and join the Dental Marketer Society Facebook group. It's a free Facebook group just for the podcast. And in there, you can let us know what your favorite points were about the episode. You can talk to the guests on the episodes and do so much more. And guys, don't forget, if you've ever been curious about switching to a cloud-based practice management software, Try CareStack for free. I mean, if you have Dentrix right now, EagleSoft, PracticeWorks, or, or SoftDense, um, they, they de- let you do quite a bit, right? The scheduling, treatment planning, appointment reminders, things like that. But CareStack will do so much more. They have online appointments, online forms, curbside check-in, reputation management, so you can get more reviews, uh, contactless payments, you can pay through text messages even, insurance verification, business analytics, and and so much more. So it's not just... It's not just like a Dentrix or an Eagle software practice works, right? And it's all cloud-based, so you don't really, really even have to um, spend a lot when it comes to IT, if anything at all, on servers or anything like that. And remember, guys, CareStack is especially made for those who have or plan to have multiple practices. So if you decide to have one, two, three, four, five, a couple practices, right, all you just need is that one central nervous system, CareStack, and you can use that for all the practices there. Um, you'll be able to know what's happening in each practice whenever. So go to lp.carestack.org forward slash The Dental Marketer for a free 10-day trial. Check them out. And you'll also get 10% off your annual subscription plus 50% off your setup fee if you decide to go with them. Again, that's lp.carestack.org forward slash The Dental Marketer. Or you can just go in the show notes below. It's going to be the first link in the show notes below and click it. Check them out first. Test them. And if you like them and you like everything that they do, They'll do a data conversion and migration for you. And since you're a listener, they'll also give you 10% off uh, your annual subscription plus 50% off your setup fee. So make sure you use the link below. And guys, thank you so much for tuning in and I'll talk to you in the next episode.